0: Well, good morning, everybody, and a Merry Christmas to you all. I hope that you all enjoyed a blessed and Merry Christmas yesterday. And uh, you know, the other night we did our Christmas Eve candlelight service, and that was such a special and and, and joyous evening. It was um, it was something incredible. I, I've never gotten to lead one of those, so thank you all for for going through that with me. It was it was an amazing evening of worship, and I. I just want to let you all know that it touched my heart, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, we're going to spend one more day around the events of Jesus' birth here on earth, in our series that we're calling Emmanuel. And normally during Christmas, we, we prepare for the birth of Jesus, we talk about the Old Testament prophecies, we'll spend time Uh, talking about how the angel came to Mary. We'll talk about John the Baptist, his father, Zechariah, all of these amazing things and all these amazing people and characters that we get to know. John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, his father, Zechariah, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, who was born six months before him, Mary. And just briefly, we mention Joseph. Joseph is a character who doesn't really get a whole lot of... um, Screen time, if you will, if, this were, if the Bible was a movie, Joseph wouldn't be seen on screen a whole lot. But I think that Joseph is an incredibly important person in the narrative. And I want to look at his life today and, and his response and actually his faith is what I want to focus on uh, this morning. So as we've been reading in the, the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke, that's where we find the, the story of the birth of Christ. Um, after Jesus was born... We remember last week we were with the shepherds. They were in their field and the angel came and appeared to them and said that the Savior had been born in the city of David. That is Bethlehem. And the shepherds and a multitude of angels came and the shepherds decided, hey, let's go see what's happened. And so they went without haste and they went to go see Bethlehem and what was going on. And they found the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger just as the angels had said to them. Jesus was born in that way. And then what happens? Well, Mary and Joseph and Jesus go about their life, right? They didn't stay in the stable forever. Jesus didn't stay in the manger forever. After a a while goes by, there's some visitors that come from the east that come to find Jesus. A star had appeared and caused them to want to come and seek out Jesus And really, we often see the wise men, the magi, coming the night of the the birth is what we see typically in our portrayals. But really, they didn't come for probably a few months after Jesus' birth. you got to remember, this was back then. It's not today. They couldn't text each other and say, Hey, Jesus was born. Did you hear about it? Come and see. Here, we're going to post a picture to Facebook so you can all see baby Jesus. No, they saw this sign, and they came from afar... And when they first came to see Jesus, they showed up at first in Jerusalem, Matthew tells us. And they started asking where this baby might be. And then the king, Herod, hears about this. And Herod summons these men to him and says, When you find the baby, come back and tell me, because I too want to go worship this king. Now, the thing about Herod is is Herod's a bad dude. We'll we'll just sum it up like this. Herod was a a puppet king that had been put in place by Rome. He was an Edomite who was married to a Jewish woman of certain uh, birth. And he wasn't really the king, but he was. Rome had overtaken the lands and they put him in place to rule in their stead. But Herod was a bad dude. We, We won't go into the history, let's just suffice to say, He was a bad fella. And we're going to read about some of his actions today that kind of prove how evil of a man Herod was. Anyways, the wise men, they go to Jerusalem, then they find out that it's going to be in Bethlehem. And as they're going on their way, they see another star that guides them to the home where Mary, Joseph, and Jesus are at. So they come to worship him. They bring him the three gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh they offer those gifts and then they leave and that's where we're going to pick up today so i just kind of want to set up the 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 story for you a little bit of the narrative they come to visit joseph mary and jesus they offer the gifts and then they leave and so we're going to begin reading in matthew chapter 2 today we're going to go from verses uh, 13 through 23 when it talks about they here at the beginning, that's the, uh, the wise men, the magi. So verse 13. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the Old Testament prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, so some time goes by and the wise men never come back, And Herod realizes they tricked him. Then Herod, when he had seen that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. He became enraged and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was also spoken by another prophet, Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, the nation of Israel, weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. Verse 19. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise. Rise. Take the child and his mother and go back to the land of Israel. For those, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went back to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, because Herod had passed away, he was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream... He withdrew to the district of Galilee, so he went up north, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. We have a lot that goes on in in this short passage. We covered 10 verses there, but if we look at all the events of what's happened is, after the wise men come to visit, Joseph gets warned and gets told to, told to go to Egypt. If you think about this, that means they had to get up and travel by foot from Bethlehem to Egypt. And stay there until the angel said, them, I'll tell you to come back. Then the angel tells them to come back and they come back to Israel. But then they get warned again, don't stay in Galilee because of the new ruler. So they go back all the way to Nazareth. I want us to look at this real quick. And again, understand what had happened here. When Herod finds out that he was tricked, remember, King Herod, he's not really the king over the Jewish people. He's not a rightful king. When he finds out that this Jesus, this Messiah king is born, he doesn't know exactly who it is, but his rule is threatened. He's the king and he wants to stay that way. So any new king that comes along, what's the easiest way to wipe out a newborn king? He's going to snuff him out right then. But when he finds out that the wise men have tricked him and didn't come back and told him where the new king was, Herod puts in a plan. I'm going to get everybody all at once. I'm going to make sure that this king can never live to see the light of day. I'm going to have every single male child in the area killed, ages two and under. This way he would make sure he whether the wise men were correct about the timing of the birth and depending on how long it was when they said they first saw the star, he's going to wipe out everybody a little bit above and a little bit below to not spare any margin. So he has all the male boys slaughtered. But this isn't the first time that this has actually happened in Israel's history. If we remember back in the book of Exodus, after Joseph had rescued his brothers, From the famine in the land of Canaan. They all came to the land of Egypt. Joseph brought all his brothers there. And they grew and they multiplied. The nation grew and grew and grew. And one of the pharaohs came up who didn't really know Joseph. And he said, whoa, these these Hebrews are getting out of hand. We're going to enslave them, number one. Then number two, he told all of the midwives, when the Israelite women have babies... If it's a boy, kill it. It's interesting how the history repeats itself. We see these things in the Old Testament, but then in the New Testament we see a parallel or the exact same thing seem to come to pass. It's as if the Old Testament is pointing us to the New. So Herod has all these babies killed. This plan is going to be put into action. And what does God do about this? This is, God has sent his son Jesus to be a sacrifice for us, and what does he do? God could have stopped this in a miraculous way, right? He he could have done anything about this. He could have struck Herod dead there, but what does he do instead? Instead, God goes to Joseph in a dream. This has already happened to Joseph once before. Remember, Angel came and visited Mary and told her she was going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then when she told Joseph, at first Joseph wanted to divorce her and put her away. But then an angel comes and visits Joseph and tells him the exact same thing. And Joseph believes it. Now about Joseph, we don't really know a whole lot about him, to be honest with you. Like I said, from Scripture, he doesn't get a whole, lot of, a whole lot of time, a whole lot of mention. We only get him for a little bitty bit in the early parts of Jesus' life, and then we never hear from him again. But I think his actions here in, the, in these short chapters make Joseph a hero of our faith that we should look up to. Speaking about Joseph, he, he's from Nazareth, the city uh, a city in Galilee, in the region of Galilee. And we think he's from Nazareth because of Luke uh, chapter 2 verse 4 tells us that's where they went from to go to Bethlehem. They went from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be registered. So they were at least living in Nazareth at the time. And then Luke also tells us that the, the angel appeared to Mary in Nazareth. So we assume that Joseph's at least living in Nazareth at this time. We know that he was engaged to Mary. We know that the Bible calls him a just man in uh, Matthew 1 Because when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he didn't want to shame her. He could have accused her and had her stoned to death. But he wanted to divorce her quietly so as not to shame her. He didn't want to cause anything. To be honest, I think Joseph was just a regular good old dude. Just a good old boy. But at the same time, I think he was also a man of incredible, incredible faith. The angel comes to Joseph and tells him, All right. You've had the baby now. It's been a few months. It's time to get up and go. Time to get up and go all the way to the land of Egypt. This wasn't moving across, moving across city. This wasn't just, hey, why don't you get all your affairs in order and then you're going to go. Imagine this, especially you, you, you men and you fathers. Think about this. Your child was just born. I mean, we could probably talk to Matt right here and he'd give us a real good example. But an angel comes to you in a dream and says, get up, you got to flee to Egypt, leave everything behind, you got to go, because there's someone seeking the life of your child, how many of us can say that we'd real easily just drop everything in our lives, and get up and just go follow the word of the Lord, that'd be really hard to do, I, I, to be honest, I, I would want a lo- a little bit of confirmation. I'd, I'd be a little bit like Gideon from the Old Testament. Lord, let me lay a fleece out. Let me, let's me, let test and make sure that was you. Okay, Lord, you proved it. Let me do it again. Let's just really prove it's you. But Joseph doesn't do that. I, I almost jokingly read it uh, as I read whenever Joseph got up and, and went by night and left. That means he got up that night and left everything behind. And I was like, boy, Joseph must not have been a Baptist because... If he was, him and Mary have formed a committee and voted on the whole thing. But I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you can't laugh at yourself, I'll do it for you. Um, It's okay. (laughs) But Joseph, he gets up and he goes just because this angel appeared to him in a dream. Which is amazing. That's the second time God's appeared to him in a dream. And he says, you're going to go to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to. Well, that's a whole other thing right? How many of us, we've had things in our lives where we feel that God has told us to do something. We feel that God wants something for us, but we don't know when it's going to happen. Hang on, God, wait. So you want me to go to Egypt? How long do you want us to stay until I come back and tell you to leave? Is that going to be like three weeks, six months? Like, what, what are we looking at here, God, until I come back and tell you? Joseph goes, they go to Egypt, they live there until King Herod does pass away. And then an angel comes and tells Joseph it's time to go back to Israel. I mean, if I'm Joseph, I'm sitting there thinking, God, couldn't you have just like struck Herod down for us and we wouldn't have had to come? Why'd you send us to Egypt? So they leave Egypt and this was to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy I will call my son out of Egypt. They come back to Israel. And on their way back to Israel, Mary and Joseph might have been assuming, okay, Jesus was born in the city of David. Uh, If he's to be the new king, we should probably stick around Jerusalem and, and that area in Judea in the south. That's where we probably need to stay. But as they're going back, Joseph gets another warning in a dream says, you can't stay there because the new ruler is just as bad as Herod. And he'll kill Jesus too. So you need to go to Galilee. Okay, God. (laughs) Joseph takes his family, goes up north, goes back to Galilee, all the way back to Nazareth, to the place he started from. I mean, this kind of seems like a whole lot of running around to wind up back where you started in the first place, right? They're in Nazareth. Why not just, hey, Mary got pregnant. Let's have the baby here. Let's stay here. Let's raise the baby here. God, that makes sense. But God doesn't do things that make sense to us. All of this was part of God's provision and his plan for them. Again, let's, let's look at this. Let's take a brief overview of what we've discussed. So the first time an angel came to him, told him that Mary was indeed pregnant. Joseph wanted to put her away. He said, nope, Mary's pregnant. This is impossible, number one. By human standards, what the angel told Joseph is, God himself has made Mary pregnant. She's not lying to you. And not only that, the child in her womb is the Messiah what does joseph do he believes so then the second time the angel comes the angel wakes them in the middle of the night and says hey you got to flee and go to egypt time to go what does joseph do he believed and he went to egypt the angel calls them back out of egypt says okay that guy's dead it's safe to go home time to go back to the nation of israel What does he do? He believes and goes back. And then in a dream, he's warned again. This is his fourth warning, his fourth dream, his fourth encounter from a messenger of God who says, Nope, you can't go there. you got to go up north. And what does he do? He believes. I don't know about y'all, but, I mean, man, I, I... I think Joseph is a man of great faith. We talk about Abraham who had great faith. Abraham went throughout the land and, and had a lot of faith. He's the father of the faith. But when Abraham went, Abraham did a lot of things he wasn't supposed to do. We, we remember that as we looked at his, his travels throughout uh, the land of Canaan. Abraham, he lied a bunch of times. Abraham went and hid in different places. He was a faithful man, but he also did some things God didn't call him to But yet when we look at Joseph, we see God telling a man what to do and then Joseph believing in him in such a way that right then and there he orients his entire life to follow what God tells him to do. He doesn't seem to ask questions. He gets up in the middle of the night and leaves just to follow what God has told him to do. God says it, Joseph believes it, and then he goes and lives it. It's incredible. So here's another thing I want us to look at all this. We have all these Old Testament prophecies about the birth of Jesus. right? He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem in the city of David. It's an Old Testament prophecy. He's going to be called out of the land of Egypt. That's an Old Testament prophecy. And he's going to be called a Nazarene. All of these Old Testament prophecies. But how could all these things be by a single child? If we think about it rationally, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, but get called out of Egypt and yet be called a Nazarene. A lot of that wouldn't make sense to us. But, and Jesus could obviously, God could make all this happen supernaturally in a way, but how does God bring all of this to pass? He brings every bit of it to pass through a normal fellow named Joseph. Because Joseph was the reason they had to go back to Bethlehem, the city of David, to be registered for the census. Joseph was the one he told to go to Egypt in the first place so that he would be called out of Egypt. And Joseph was the one who had them come back to Nazareth so that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. There's so many miraculous Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus that God fulfilled through the faith of this man Joseph not because Joseph was anything special not because he was rich or educated or powerful but simply because Joseph was a man of great faith and I've been talking over and over about Joseph today Joseph 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 I'm not trying to short Mary at all well let's just say this Mary did all the work by delivering the baby right just focusing on joseph today but i see joseph and mary as being very very faithful people again these things that that god calls us to sometimes don't always make sense to the world it's not going to be explained to everyone that's going to make sense to everybody everything god brings you to or calls you to is not always going to make sense to the world But you have to trust and believe what God has said in his word to you. The promises that he has given us in scripture. And that if he calls you to it, he will see you through it. You know, Joseph wasn't worthy of this calling he was given. Mary and Joseph were not worthy of raising our Lord. They were not people who had earned the right to be the parents of Jesus. No one is worthy to be the parent of Jesus. But yet they were faithful in raising him. They weren't prepared to raise him, this young teenage girl and this young man. They had no experience as parents. They they weren't even married at the time whenever all this came about. They weren't prepared. They weren't ready. But yet they were faithful to what God had given them. (laughs) They didn't have the knowledge, the experience. They didn't have anything to care for this child properly. That they had faith to believe God in his word. That what he had entrusted to them. What he had told them. That they should act on. In complete obedience and trust in his word. So let me ask you this. What are the things in your life that God has entrusted to you? That you don't deserve. That you haven't earned. What are the things that he has given to you. That you, you don't Again, you haven't earned your your children. He's entrusted them to your care. What about your talents and your abilities? Your hopes and your dreams? What about your career? All these things that he has entrusted to us, if we were very honest with ourselves, we would say, I'm not really worthy to have all these blessings I have in my life. All he asks us to do is be faithful with every single thing he has given us. And he will bring it to fulfillment, to the blessing in your life and in the life of everyone around you. He has given you things in your life. Everywhere you look, you can see the blessings and the promises and the treasures of God. Everything. And you, and you might say, I don't know what to do with this. I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do with these children. I don't know what to do with this money. I don't know what to do with this knowledge. I don't know what to do with my career. I don't know what to do with my free time. But if you trust in God, if you turn to his word and follow his guidance and his plan for you, he will work everything out to your good and the good of those around you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God. Lord, we thank you for this example that we see from Joseph in Scripture. God, we thank you that we see this man who's he's just a normal person like every single one of us. There, there's nothing special about him. There's nothing that makes him more worthy than us. There's nothing he's done that puts him above anyone. But yet you entrusted your son to him. You gave him the most wonderful gift that a human could ever have, and that's to have your son, Jesus. And when we look at his life, he wasn't perfect. He was just a man. Mary wasn't perfect. She was just a woman. But they were faithful to you, God. They were faithful over the things that you gave them. They followed you. They didn't listen to the circumstances of the world. They didn't listen to their fears. They didn't listen to anything else. They heard your words. They believed them. And they followed them with everything they had. Moving their entire family to completely different lands just because you said so. God, I pray that such faith would be stirred up in us, in the things in in our life, God. All the things that you have blessed us with, God, with, with our children, with our family, with our talents, with our time, our treasures. You've given us all these things. We're not worthy of them. We don't even know what to do with them half the time. But help us trust you, God. Help us look to you and know that you will bring all good things to pass. That you will use all of these things to bless us and to bless your kingdom and to glorify your name, God. Every single thing you have given us. May we see it for what it is as a blessing and gift from you. May you stir up great faith in us, God, that we may show your name to the world, that they may see your son Jesus in everything we do, everything we say, that they may see you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all this in the name of our Lord, our Savior, and our King Jesus. Amen.